It's time for the WWE Podcast Mailbag for this Thursday, August 11th, 2022. We have your emails. We have your voicemails. We're going to hear from you, the listeners. What are you thinking as we close in on Clash at the Castle? A lot of rumors swirling around today, especially about Bray Wyatt possibly returning to WWE at Clash at the Castle. So maybe you guys have questions about that, but if you don't, I definitely want to talk about it. And we're going to get to all of your emails and calls right after this. Do you wish you had some kind of cheat guide before you became an adult? Things that school or maybe your parents don't teach you? Then check out the book called Adulting 101, My First Apartment in Car. Just search Adulting 101, My First Apartment in Car on Amazon. You can find it there. And it's about the basic things that we take for granted, like the common skill of checking apartment complexes at night before you sign your lease or doing a background check on your roommate before you move in together or not co-signing for something. The book is designed to help those parents or guardians help their young ones transition from their home successfully. Whether that is getting a roommate, how to spot a really crappy landlord, or how not to buy an awful car, these are some of the things that they've learned throughout their own personal experiences. So check out Adulting 101, My First Apartment and Car on Amazon and give your kids the cheat codes to things that we wish we had. Check out Adulting 101, Things I Wish I Knew, My First Apartment on Amazon today. All right, so the truth is no dude wants to be called Pam, but the truth is most men have a Pam problem. The Pam problem, guys, you know what that is? It's the passive aggressive man, passive with his hopes, dreams, desires, maybe aggressive with vices, self-sabotage, distractions. They also struggle with women, work, and the world of men. Pam is passive with women, constantly friend-zoned. He's the nice guy that women keep around to help them move, check on their dogs, but never want to date. Pam is passed up at work, passed up for the promotion, and can't seem to catch a break. If you think you may have a Pam problem, or maybe you know someone that does, check out the High Value Man Conversation on Apple and Spotify and learn how to stop Pam and become a high value man. Learn more about the host, Aaron Alejandrino, on Instagram at TheFitBeard, all one word. But the podcast is called High Value Man Conversation. I checked it out on Apple Podcasts. It already has a five-star review. It's got some great episodes, including how to avoid that dreaded friend zone. Those of you guys out there, I'm very familiar with that friend zone over the years. I was lucky enough to finally get out of it, but that is going to be an excellent episode for the you guys out there that are stuck in that situation. You can also learn how to just make friends. I mean, just basic stuff, but critical, critical stuff as well. Check out the High Value Man Conversation. It's available on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. You're not going to want to miss it. It'll add value to your life, guaranteed. Check it out today. This is WWE superstar Drew McIntyre, and you're listening to the WWE Podcast. The one that everybody wants, me. Says I just your ass. This is my You're gonna acknowledge me. Welcome to the WWE Podcast Mailbag. As I said, it's Thursday, 
August 11th. I know. This is late. Yeah, I know. You're like, where's the mailbag? It's coming. It's here. How about this? You're listening to it now. It's here. I just... You guys know what I'm going to say. I say the same thing every time that it's later than Wednesday is I have the hour video show I need to edit and produce and send over to our streaming service that we have over at DuPont Network. And uh, I'm working from home and we're getting bathroom reno done. And hey, it's life. It's life. I try really to make it Wednesday, but it's it's not easy. It's not easy. Uh, but that said, here we are. And we're going to get into the mailbag in just one second. But first, just in case none of you ask about the Bray Wyatt situation, I'll just address this really quickly. And then we're going to get to patrons emails. And oh, but by the way, shout out to our latest patrons here, Jared Lee. Welcome to the party, brother. Um, so I want to say that I think Bray Wyatt has a much stronger chance of becoming a WWE wrestler. I'm not going to say superstar because WWE is supposed to be focusing more on wrestling after Triple H took the helm. I want to say that I want to believe that Bray Wyatt will return at the Clash at the Castle. It would make the fans explode. I mean, think about the environment. It's already going to be explosive in Wales. And when you add Bray Wyatt's return to maybe join the Judgment Day or go against the Judgment Day. I would think he's going to come back to return to to uh, actually be the leader and go against Edge. That's my thought. But I would love it. I'd give it a 50-50. I know that's a cop-out. I don't like to do 50-50s, but this one I got to go 50-50. Let me ask you guys that. Would you like to see Bray Wyatt return at Clash at the Castle, and what would you have him do? Because the thing is, it's going to get it's going to be very difficult to get him booed. He never got booed as the fiend, and he was supposed to be a heel character. You think he's going to get booed after what attacking Edge? That's not going to work, you know. So, good luck if they're trying to turn him heel. If he returns, a lot of ifs. But okay, Nathan Palmer, one of our awesome patrons here at Patreon.com. You can join him going ad free for a dollar a month and get this placement in the show. You don't have to dig through. If you're a patron, you know your email is going to be read right up front. So patreon.com slash WWE podcast if you want to get rid of all of those ads that we have to. Okay, so Nathan, he says, hey, Matt and podcast fam, Nathan from Sydney with this week's mailbag. I normally keep my emails short and sweet, but there's a couple of things I want your opinion on. So sorry for the lengthy email. I heard you talking this week about Sami Zayn and the bloodline and the direction they're heading and what will the payoff be? For me, there's only one solution and it doesn't have anything to do with Roman. The Usos don't have opponents at the moment, and for me, apart from the Prophets, there's no one on their level. Sammy needs to get his ass over to Raw and team up with KO and challenge the Usos for the titles. It makes sense. KO told him they don't care about him. I know they aren't a tag team, but who else are the Usos going to take on? I think how good that match would be between the four, those four studs. I've got my hopes up that Triple H does this. Well, Triple H seems to be so far having his finger on the pulse and actually giving us what we want more than Vince did. It's not always a good thing because you can c- kind of create a spoiled child syndrome where we tell Triple H we want something. And if he doesn't deliver, we whine and scream and cry. You know, so we need to be as fans a bit, I guess, uh, uh, cognizant of that, that we don't turn into spoiled children that should always get our way. But that said, I think that we have Triple H in a position to fulfill this. Why wouldn't he? The tag team division for both the men and women need help. Like, all, chronically, they always need help. 
they're always seeming to be at a level of just like bare minimum to call it a division, except the women who very rarely have a division up until recently. Uh, but KO and Sami Zayn, I'd love them as a team. Sami Zayn as a heel is fun. Kevin Owens as a heel is fun. Put them together, it's double fun. And I would love it. I would love the Usos going against Sami and KO. And you know, you don't even have to wait for the draft. I think it's actually going to happen, by the way. Rumors have been that the draft is happening. I saw a, a leaked, quote-unquote, leaked draft list. How valid that is, I don't know. But it seems like there actually is going to be a draft. And if there is, I want two things. Number one, them to actually adhere to the damn draft rules. And number two, Sami Zayn and KO. Yeah, that would be awesome. Put KO over there. Uh, or put Ke- uh, Sammy over with uh, with Kevin Owens. But again, you don't have to wait till then because right now they don't care that the draft exists. So good stuff. Speaking of Triple H, I know this has been a topic nonstop, but here's what I love about him being in charge. And it's not what he's doing. It's what he isn't doing. And that is showcasing the 24-7 title. The only time we've seen that championship has been in charge, or has been in, uh, when Dana came out, but only with it in the tag team tournament. It hasn't been defended, and I'm loving it. Maybe in dark matches before Raw it has, but as long as it isn't on my TV, then I don't give a damn. Yes, 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 <laughs> um, as one famous WWE star said. But yes, definitely. Get that 24, just retire it. You don't need to make a big deal about it, ceremony. You don't need to have a, you know, a wake for it. You don't need to go to services and, you know, get up on a Saturday morning and, you know, go to the cemetery and everyone cries around the grave of the 24-7 title. No, you just, you just have it cease to exist. You just kind of put it on the shelf. It doesn't need to be a big thing about it. It just goes away like it didn't exist. Triple H bringing back these stars makes me think that he tried to speak up to Vince and company when they were releasing uh, burying these guys and didn't listen to him and him doing this is just a massive f u to vince meaning triple h to vince regardless it's a massive breath of fresh air with the roster we had for so long with no one coming in only people were getting released wwe was running out of fresh matchups SummerSlam is the proof of that as every single title match on the card was a rematch of a WrestleMania match or later. Both the guys he brought back this week closed the shows out too, so he must have faith in them putting them straight in the main event picture. Bringing people back is also good because I think for a while the one thing AEW had that WWE didn't was the excitement that anyone could show up and debut at any time. And now that they have slowed down on their signings, I feel WWE has that feeling back that anyone that's a free agent could get signed back and rock up at any time. Okay, so a couple things here. One, you're right about SummerSlam didn't have a whole lot of uniqueness to it, and even on the even on paper, the people in inter- the management and creative internally were not happy with it. But it turned out to be a really good pay per view, right? I think, and and most fans that I've heard, I think it over delivered to them. And it did. It was awesome, I think, generally. And and to be fair, though, I remember saying at WrestleMania time that it's not too often that wrestle, uh, matches and programs start at WrestleMania. I knew that there was, or I remember there was a lot of matches that were like the first time they've happened that year at WrestleMania. Typically, it's like the blow off of a program instead of the first time that they're happening. So you had a lot of that kind of cleanup from WrestleMania, really. 
But the other point that you're talking about with AEW and part of what makes AEW exciting is not just the TV 14 rating and the fact that scripted promos don't appear to be scripted anyway. And that kind of anything can happen at any time feeling WWE has been lacking that. And they, I remember they, they, the announcers try to tell us on a weekly basis that, Oh, you know, and tonight, anything feels like anything could happen tonight. It's you're just sitting there going, no, no Byron, no Jimmy Smith, no Corey Graves. Uh, no, actually, nope. We know that it's not going to be that. It doesn't feel like that. Stop trying to chop. Stop trying to push that narrative. It's just it's not a thing. It hasn't been a thing for a while. And with Triple H bringing back people you didn't think were coming back, it is a sign that yes, he could bring back fired NXT stars. But what about the guys in AEW? We haven't seen that yet, right? What about the people in AEW? Is there now the two-way street that I've been hoping for? Instead of AEW always getting excited about former WWE stars coming over, can that excitement actually come to WWE? That would be awesome. I agree. That's the one thing WWE has lost is they've been essentially a, a, a territory or a feeding ground, a farm system, if you will, for AEW. I'm very excited to see if anyone else comes back. I heard a couple of people on your show earlier this week say that the Iconics could, but I saw one of them just announced they're getting, or they are pregnant, not getting pregnant. <laughs> if they're announced that they're getting pregnant, it's a little bit TMI, isn't it? When you think about what that means. <laughs> but uh, so that wouldn't be happening anytime soon. Well, if that's the case, Nathan, then you're right. I mean, I haven't checked out the Iconics Instagram or social media. I don't follow them. I just took that at face value. So yeah, I mean, if, if one of them's getting pregnant, then sadly, the Iconics may never be a thing again. Boy, they were underutilized. Lastly, I heard you speculating when and how they'll bring Sasha and Naomi back as a team or individually. I have no idea, but if they were to bring them back as a team, I have the perfect way. Don't enter them into the tournament. Instead, whoever wins the tournament, when they win and are celebrating, have Sasha's music hit and they face off the winners as the first challengers. The story writes itself. Uh, thoughts. Yeah. So I thought about that too. And I'm not just saying that to, you know, like, Oh, I, I thought about that too. It makes me no, 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 no. I, I did, but I didn't, I didn't say anything because I don't see WWE doing that because as the ones that walked out, relinquished those belts, why should they immediately challenge for the championship and have to skip the tournament? I know I understand the excitement. I understand the the environment you're trying to create of their return, and people would react. But when you step back and look at it, you're like, well, how? Why do they get a buy essentially to a championship match? It may create some un some some kind of uh, ill will towards fans. Uh, but I also asked this question last week, and I got Mr. Casual Wrestling fans' take. But I'd love to hear yours. Do you think Triple H will get the Undertaker treatment and be in the Hall of Fame the first year after retiring? Of retiring, I do. And who do you think should win, uh, should or will induct him? <clears throat> Shawn Michaels inducts him. I, I just don't see any other way. Definitely Shawn Michaels. I mean, he could have Stephanie, but it's kind of lame. Oh, you know, her, his wife. No, 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 no. It should be Shawn Michaels. No, that's right off the bat. But as far as Triple H getting the Undertaker treatment, he should. You know, Triple H may not be regarded as highly as Undertaker is. I mean, Undertaker's like the top 1% of 1% of 1%. He's he's the king. And 
Triple H, for as much respect as he has, and I, he has a load of respect, and I'm sure he has an ego, and deservedly so, I think that you're looking at probably Triple H, yes, could be easily going in the Hall of Fame this year, in 2023, the class of 2023, before WrestleMania 39. Yes, he could, and he should. I mean, yes, there, short and sweet. Thanks, Nathan. Let's get to... Grim Reefer, he says, Triple H's stamp on creative and the roster has got me excited. The promos are improving, the backstage beatdowns, the returns. It's a good time to be a wrestling fan. Agreed. So far, so good. Again, guys, we have a very small sample size here. We have 40 years of of the WWE's vision under Vince McMahon. And now we have, what, two weeks of Triple H's vision? So, again, yes, there are some encouraging signs, but we need to remember the sample size here is very small. I have no reason to believe that Triple H is going to fall on his face. I hope he doesn't. I'm, I'm rooting for him, as all fans are. But, you know, let, let's, you know, not, not, not anoint him yet as the best thing ever to happen in pro wrestling. So, the Dominic heel turn. To be honest, I would prefer the beatdown Dom got to some edge, like, to come from edge like the Shawn Michaels attack when CCTV revealed it was Triple H sparking, re-sparking Michaels' career. The only way I want to see Dominic in Judgment Day is if he is Rhea Ripley's manservant. So, okay. First of all, see, uh, was it CC? Yeah, it was CCTV, not GTV. GTV was like a, a thing in the late 90s that... If anybody knows what GTV is, you're, you've been watching wrestling probably as long as I am. But closed circuit television, yeah, CCTV. I remember that. That was before SummerSlam 2002. Somebody had attacked Michaels, bloodied him, put his head through a, a car window, and they couldn't decide who, figure out who it was, and it was real to be Triple H, which led to their match at SummerSlam 02. So it, it could be. I mean, I, that's what I'm saying is I think that there's going to be some hidden footage, closed circuit, whatever. Somebody left a cell phone running and there's it's actually like an iPhone. I, I don't care how it happens. But whoever is revealed to be beating down Dominic, that that's the story here, I think. I mean, it could be Dominic uh, being in cahoots with Rhea. Maybe that's what's being revealed is that Dominic faked being beat up and Rhea played along. Um, but it also could be Edge. Yeah, I I think Edge might be the one as well. Dexter Luma's crashing a car and getting arrested. Yes, the roster so needs this creepy, mysterious, dead man stare Loomis brings. Don't expect amazing promos. I think the only he I think he only said two words in the entire time he was in NXT, which is or was I do when he got married to Indy Hartwell. He just appears from nowhere in his creepy psycho stare says it all. Cheers, Grim. Well, thanks, Grim. And I'm going to have to do a little bit more research on Dexter Loomis. I feel like I'm a bit in the dark with him. And it, obviously, if you didn't watch NXT, then you're like, who? You, you've probably heard the name, but you just couldn't put a face to it. So all of us should probably do a little bit of homework on Dexter Loomis. Because now you, you got me interested. All right. Let's get to... Aha. I know who this is. Randy the Patron. Or just the Patron, as he's now known. That United States match, or wow, that United States match was great. Finally using Champa or Champa, I, I don't know which one it is yet, as they should. The question, though, do you think he will eventually win a title? If so, which one? I, I, look, I think he's destined to win the WWE championship. Because I believe they're splitting the belt from Roman. 
Okay, I believe they're doing that. I believe they're doing that soon. Roman will remain universal, but somehow squeeze out or he'll be able to sneak out of some kind of contractual loophole where he doesn't give up the universal, but drops the WWE. And I think Champa is on track to beat or eventually win the WWE championship. Uh, and it could be in 2023, not any time before that. In the meantime, he could win the United States championship. That is definitely a, a strong possibility. Next, I'm excited for the ladies six woman tag match at clash at the castle. One or all of, or excuse me, all of them are amazing in the ring. And two, Alexa Bliss, obviously. Oh, just <laughs> so you're excited because Alexa Bliss is just there. And yes, three great storylines. I believe that EO Sky and Dakota Kai are going to be the new tag champs. Also, I believe that Bailey is going to beat Bel Air and it's going to be like the bloodline with the belts, like the, it's the, a bloodline equivalent with Bailey's faction. I get you. Okay. Uh, yeah, that's sure. That's a, that's a good way to establish a group immediately put championships on them and you got to have them win right away. Otherwise kind of put cold, pour, pours cold water on the whole thing. So having Dakota Kai and EO sky win the women's tag belts. Yes. Yeah. I think the heel, a heel t- a team should win it. And I don't want, Naomi and Sasha to come back, as I said, right away anyway. All right. So let's see here. Let's not all go crazy. Never mind. The report says Bray signed with WWE. If that's true, do you, what do you think they'll do with him or how she come back? he should come back? Well, there you go. I wasn't sure if anyone was going to ask about Bray. That's why I addressed it at the front of the show. So I think you got your answer, Randy, at the top. The Ray and Dominic storyline is growing on me. I definitely see a turn, but in a different way. Maybe him and Edge actually screw him and form something together. Oh, you're saying Dominic and Edge form something to some kind of alliance, but they're not with Judgment Day. I don't. Okay, that I think. While I don't mind Dominic being heel or Edge being heel or both, the problem with there's a couple problems with this though. Number one, adding a third party to this, it gets messy and convoluted more than it needs to. You have the Judgment Day. Then you have this team with Edge and Dom that are heel, but we don't know what they are. And then you have Rey Mysterio floating out there in the abyss. It gets weird. Plus, if you're going to have four heels and only one babyface that is past his prime, even though he's great still in the ring, he's not. not you got to have another big babyface to oppose all of those top heels. That's the only problem I have with it. Rey Mysterio is not in that position anymore in his career. Uh, let's see. Nikita Lyons is decent. She's still green, but definitely a future has a future in WWE. I see her and Dewdrop going at it at some point. That's it until next time. Thanks, patron. And yeah, look, Nikita Lyons and Dewdrop, no problem. Uh, also, a little bit of a tidbit. Apparently, Triple H is changing the names of Nikki Cross and Dewdrop back to just or Nikki A.S.H. and Dewdrop back to Nikki Cross and Piper Niven. That's that's the latest report. I don't you know, take that with a grain of salt, but it is very Triple H esque to do that. And it would make sense. And it takes away the the unnecessary cartoonish side to them, especially Nikki A.S.H., which is just ridiculous. Um and Piper Niven, which should have never been called Dewdrop ever with, uh, who was it? Eva Marie or whoever the hell brought her back. Uh, okay. 
so let's see here. Who do we have next? Who do we have next? I got to find out. Okay. Um, oh, I see. I see who this is. So let's take a listen to see who it is. All right, he says, you know who that is? He says, hey, Matt, this is Dennis D. Mac McGinley. He's going to make this real short, although, as you'll notice, as the email goes on, it is not real short. <laughs> but let's continue. Uh, he says, first off, I'll go off WWE topic and talk about August 5th, 6th, and 7th. I know, as you know, I'm happy as I could be. I think you know where I'm going with this, Matt. The Cardinals, the Redbirds, swept what we what I call the hated New York Yankees in three games. The scores were four to three, one nothing, and twelve nine. I say it for you uh, as a Yankee fan on the Yes broadcast, and the Yankees lose. <laughs> My dad said in the second game start for the Cardinals was once a Yankee pitcher. So glad to have. Uh, thank you, Matt. Well. Um, so first of all, about the Yankees losing, I mean they're they're not they're not good right now. Okay, the thing the good thing is that they've been so good for the first like sixty percent of the season and created such a cushion for themselves that knowing that a streak like this was coming, where they're like they're, I think they're two and eight the last ten games. I mean they're doing pretty badly, and really since the All Star break they have not been good. Uh, Five hundred, and then they've you know lost like three games and one, one, and like, it's, it's been bad, um, you know, but they've created such a cushion for themselves, even in losing and going on a terrible losing streak. They're still what? 10 games ahead of the second place contender in the AL East. So, I mean, that that's the cushion. Now, if they continue to tank, things could get very interesting, especially the Baltimore Orioles. Now I'm not trying to make this a MLB podcast, but some of you are probably bored to tears, with baseball, I get it, especially with football right around the corner. But the, the like the Baltimore Orioles, if the Yankees tank for a couple of weeks and the Baltimore Orioles surge, <laughs> you're talking about an actual AL East race with the uh, the Baltimore Orioles. It's insane right now. Um, but right now, I think the Yankees will get back on track, get back to winning ways. I think that the good the one thing we can take off our as Yankee fans and any, any of us out there, the one thing we can. Uh, move on from is a, any kind of record setting season, regular season anyway, where we're going to win like 120 games. That's off the table. If we break a hundred games, we should be happy. Okay. Because we are, we're now on a streak where the only way to make 110 or 120 games, you'd have to go like, you'd have to have a winning percentage of like 75%. I mean, it's just, it's insane, but yeah. Okay. You guys had a little fun with the Cardinals, but uh, maybe we'll see you guys in the postseason. Uh, what I actually want in the postseason is uh, Mets Yankees. I think that'd be fun. That's what I want. Now I hate the Mets, but a Subway Series hasn't happened since 2000 when the Yankees won. I think they won four to two in the uh, in the series. Okay. Anyway, I don't know how we talk about baseball. I do love baseball though. Now to rant in WWE. I'm sick, 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 and more sick of this Roman Reigns run as they choose to let it go to a thousand. If they let it go to a thousand now again, Dennis. That's my guess. Okay. I've not heard reports, but knowing WWE as I do, they're looking at this and saying, I know fans are sick of this. I know that nobody wants to see Roman as champion anymore. He's not there. 
it's hurting not just, I think, uh, t- uh, television, but it's hurting ratings. It's hurting actual stars' careers because they're not able to compete for a championship. It's actually, as I said, a net negative. But they're looking at it going, well, but damn, we're never going to get this close again in the next like 20 years with a championship run like this. So let's just do it. Grin and bear it. Let's get to 1,000. I still disagree with it, but I see them just too tempted to, while they're this close, to not go for it. But I hate it, and it should end soon and just stop. Also, Roman on the mic. Come on, it's getting old. Same crap every time he or Paul speaks. They're robots. Nothing better to say. And my short words, screw Roman and the uh, run. Let's move on. I'm not living in... Uh, I'm not living on Mars. Oh, got it. <laughs> yeah, WWE, it's a planet. Can or will there be a tag team to take the belts off the Usos, the freaking Usos? That run is getting old, and I'd like to see the run by them stop also. That's my rant and hate of a part-time holder of top belts and the tag team with a run that should end soon. Do you think Triple H has a team in mind? Thoughts? Have a blessed week and talk to you soon, Matt. I'm out. Yeah, it wasn't very short, Dennis, but not terrible. Okay, so, okay, I already discussed Roman's run, but as far as the Usos runs go, I think that you're going to see the Usos drop those belts before Roman drops his, because right now they are at the top of the mountain. And when you're at the top of a mountain, there's one direction that you can go, and that's down. And what that means is the Usos are probably going to be the ones to fall first, because the king doesn't fall first. It's the the minions that fall first, and then you get to the kingpin. So I think that the Usos are going to drop their belts, maybe at Clash of the Castle, maybe later on in the year. But it will precede, or rather, was that right? Precede, which means come before. I hope so. (laughs) I'm trying to use big words and sound smart. Uh, But it will precede Roman Reigns' loss. Roman will lose second. So with that said, who is going to take the belts off the Usos? Not going to be Alpha Academy. Could be RK Bro. With a returning Randy Orton. Very strong possibility. But there's also talk of Randy versus Roman. And if that's the case, Roman ain't losing those belts anytime soon. Because don't forget, the storyline is that Randy was taken out by the the bloodline and he was injured by, by the bloodline. Which obviously in reality isn't true, but that's a story. So if anything, it should be rated RK Bro. And then Randy turns on Riddle, and you get the Riddle-Randy story at WrestleMania. All right, let's take a quick break for the sponsors of today's episode, and then we'll be right back with more emails right after this. Do you wish you had some kind of cheat guide before you became an adult? Things that school or maybe your parents don't teach you? Then check out the book called Adulting 101, My First Apartment in Car. Just search Adulting 101, My First Apartment in Car on Amazon. You can find it there. And it's about the basic things that we take for granted, like the common skill of checking apartment complexes at night before you sign your lease or doing a background check on your roommate before you move in together or not co-signing for something. The book is designed to help those parents or guardians help their young ones transition from their home successfully. Whether that is getting a roommate, how to spot a really crappy landlord, or how not to buy an awful car, these are some of the things that they've learned throughout their own personal experiences. So check out Adulting 101, My First Apartment and Car on Amazon and give your kids the cheat codes to things that we wish we had. Check out 
Adulting 101 Things I Wish I Knew, My First Apartment, on Amazon today. All right, so the truth is no dude wants to be called Pam. But the truth is most men have a Pam problem. The Pam problem, guys, you know what that is? It's the passive-aggressive man. Passive with his hopes, dreams, desires, maybe aggressive with vices, self-sabotage, distractions. They also struggle with women, work, and the world of men. Pam is passive with women, constantly friend-zoned. He's the nice guy that women keep around to help them move, check on their dogs, but never want to date. Pam is passed up at work, passed up for the promotion, and can't seem to catch a break. If you think you may have a Pam problem, or maybe you know someone that does, check out the High Value Man Conversation on Apple and Spotify and learn how to stop Pam and become a high value man. Learn more about the host, Aaron Alejandrino, on Instagram at TheFitBeard, all one word. But the podcast is called High Value Man Conversation. I checked it out on Apple Podcasts. It already has a five-star review. It's got some great episodes, including how to avoid that dreaded friend zone. Those of you guys out there, I'm very familiar with that friend zone over the years. I was lucky enough to finally get out of it, but that is going to be an excellent episode for the, you guys out there that are stuck in that situation. You can also learn how to just make friends. I mean, just basic stuff, but critical, critical stuff as well. Check out the High Value Man Conversation. It's available on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. You're not going to want to miss it. It'll add value to your life, guaranteed. Check it out today. Welcome back to the WWE Podcast. Let's get back to more great wrestling audio. All right. Levi Graham starts us off here, and he says... Hi, Matt. Today, I will give you my predictions for the next 10 years. What? Please. Oh, you're actually doing it. Okay. And I'll give you my uh, one prediction per year. Oh, my God. Okay. Imagine if this happens. You're a time traveler if this happens. Okay. So year one, Rock Roman, main events, WrestleMania. Number Year two, Cena versus Drew, main events, WrestleMania for the WWE title. Cena wins. Beats Flair's record. And then year three, SmackDown becomes the flagship show. Year four, Montez Ford becomes the WWE champion or universal champion. Year five, Randy breaks Cena's record, which leads to a feud between them where Cena wins the title and gains back the record from years from the, uh, gains back the record. And then year six, Roman re- Reigns retires. Year seven, Drew wins final WWE title as Seth um Year eight, sadly, we get a WrestleMania UK or Saudi Arabia. <laughs> year nine, Hulk Hogan dies. Same Vince McMahon. And then year 10, AEW versus WWE. I don't, you know what? Some of this is actually fun. Uh, now, do I think Montez Ford is going to take four years to become WWE champion? Probably not. I could even see Montez Ford competing in 2023, late 2023, or be a really be a, uh, Big time player, make a lot of noise in the rumble. So I don't think it's going to take him four years. I mean, I'm not going to go year by year. Some of this is so circumstantial. And it's also assuming that we have the same stars as today. Like someone, what if someone bursts on the scene and, you know, within two years, they're the biggest thing since John Cena or Stone Cold Steve Austin. Like, you don't know. You know, this is all just taking these stars of today and projecting them out 10 years. 
but I don't think it's impossible we'll see a WrestleMania in, in the UK. It better not be in Saudi Arabia. That would be awful. Uh, but Hulk Hogan dies in year nine. Vince dies in year nine. But AEW versus WWE. The thing is, I think with Triple H and Stephanie are in charge still, there is much more, as, as ridiculous as that sounds, I think there's a much more of an open door or a forbidden door than there was with Vince McMahon in charge. So this is, this is fun. Yeah, I, I don't mind these insanely long 10-year projections. Uh, that's fun. Thanks, Levi. All right. Let's talk to let's talk to Phil. And he says, it's been interesting seeing everything starting to play out now that Vince is no longer in charge. For someone to be at the helm for more than 20 years, it's actually 40, uh, it will not change anytime soon. It will take time. I like that. I like seeing the change and transition from Vince to Triple H. I do think that these returns are short-term thinking ideas to get the fans on board and fans seeing how things are changing. Triple H needs to make sure he's thinking long-term. Is there any story that's playing out right now ending up uh, end up going beyond Clash at the castle? Will any story last all the way to WrestleMania? Well, now, I don't think Triple H is being that reactionary. He's definitely trying to to show the fans and and and, and uh, you know sponsors and shareholders that there is going to be a bit of a different flavor with Triple H, and obviously it'll evolve over time, definitely. But um, you know, I, I I don't know if he knows what's going beyond Clash at the Castle. As tr- uh, you know, Vince always booked WrestleMania main events the year before they happened. And that's how you should do it. Like you should know what your main event of WrestleMania is, or main events, as today's uh, day and age is. Main events of WrestleMania are, you know, like the, Triple H should know what those are right now. So, you know, all right. Triple H was a wrestler. Yes, he has the ideas for stories from his time in the business. But how in is this his writing and storytelling skills, or how are they? He is still replying to the same writers and people who are telling us a story on Raw and SmackDown. I want a story. I love the wrestling and the authenticity of the product and how they need to stay away from the far-fetched story arcs. How do you see this playing out? Do you think the storytelling will get any better? Yeah, it will be because that's what pro wrestling is. Now, Vince tried to make sports entertainment e stuff, which is just the entertainment nonsense, non-wrestling stuff. The entertainment, I think Triple H is going to use storytelling by doing it a lot more in the ring with just quality, realistic, good, solid, back-to-basics promos. You know, not to simplify it too much, but I think that's what he's going to do. And you're right about the same people being there, though. Does he need to back up the truck and clear everyone out of WWE? I don't think so. But if there are, if if, let me just say this: if there's anyone on that writing staff that is not a fan of professional wrestling, I would fire them immediately, because that's not the ideology that Triple H is trying to instill. Vince hired a bunch of like soap opera writers and, you know, movie ex movie uh, script writers and all that. And that has value to some degree. You need some of those people. But I'd say the majority of you're not you don't understand what pro wrestling is and why it's great and what makes it great. Get the hell off my staff. I mean, you're gone. That's what I do personally. <laughs> but short answer. Yes, it should get better. It should be more simple. Not, you know, it'll simplify itself. I like the return of Karrion Cross. I agree that street clothes and no mask is a great thing. If they split the belts into two separate titles again, how do you think it plays out? I'm getting fed up with Roman's run. I think it's time to freshen it up and bring in someone new. Drew is perfect. Another is Seth. 
He's doing a great job, but he needs a title to legitimize it. Of course, when Cody returns, it'll uh, it, the program will begin with them again, and I think a title in that feud will freshen it up. Yeah, I mean, Cody Rhodes is all probably was. I would imagine he was the one of the people to that could contend for Roman's championship. I mean, that was his mission statement when he came back. It's still possible, but I, I would imagine that the second he comes back, he's going after Seth, and Seth could be champion by then. So, yeah. Um, but as far as how does that play out, I mean, I've, I've talked about that so many times. <laughs> so many times about the, the two belts. I don't want to go back into it. Now that Triple H is in control, do you think they will still go to the well of legends? Goldberg, no, please. God, no. Don't even. I shouldn't even have said that word. When they need to get a ratings pop, or will it be people who left, like Bray Wyatt, and fresh new NXT stars? Like I said, I think Triple H needs to start thinking long-term and move on from short-term fan-pleasing and lay the groundwork for the road to WrestleMania and beyond. Well, yes. However, it's also a balancing act. You can't go through a complete rebuild. You know, fans, the foundational fans will stick with you. Like, if you were to just totally focus on building new stars, a segment and a hardcore segment of that fan base will stick with you. But those that are kind of the casual viewer... The one that the one the ones that like seeing the stars and kind of only view wrestling and watch wrestling for those stars, and it is a star-driven business. Those are the ones that won't watch, and you also have to. It's a balancing act, as I said, because you need to keep a few of those big stars coming back to keep your audience as a whole engaged. So I think they'll over time they'll have to because you know just father time is going to stop from is eventually going to stop the Goldbergs of the world from physically being able to compete. But you also need to build new stars. It's a very ba- delicate balancing act. Uh, okay. If the rumors are true about Sasha and Naomi, do you think they make them address why they left? Maybe an apology or an explanation. I think fans do let, uh, do feel let down to some degree and some don't, I don't know what will make, what will make them do if they, I don't know what you mean. I hope it's as a singles, not a team. And Sasha, I like as a heel chasing after the title. See, it depends how they want to bring them back. I would bring them back as heels. I know that they'll probably bring them back as baby faces, but hear me out on the heel part. You, you forego all the apology. And you just have, especially Sasha, maybe you can have Naomi return as a baby face. She's a fun baby face. But Sasha is a much better heel. Sasha, I can't stand as a babyface. I think is she is an arrogant, obnoxious human being in real life. I be, like she is. Like I believe that. Her laugh, her demeanor. She couldn't even be serious on the Stone Cold podcast. It was like she had to like put on a front. Her laugh makes me want to gouge my eyes out, or maybe stick a pencil in my ear, more appropriately. But imagine Sasha coming back. Naomi apologizes, but Sasha doesn't. She says, you know what? I walked out because of you. You guys are the ones. You didn't support me. Like She could rip into us. I would love it. You turn it around. Imagine an event like that happening, and then you expect an apology. You just figure out oh, it's coming, whatever. And th- she turns it and actually blames us on a real-life event. Please give me that. <laughs> so, uh, okay. One last thing. Dominic on Raw. What is going on with his hair? He deserved that beatdown for the haircut alone. It was interesting that they showed him with cuts and bruises. Maybe another 
note to potentially switch to TV 14. Rhea needs more TV time. She can't always be in the muscle for the, she can't be the muscle for the group. She has to, she has got a great face, evil face and look, but she can do so much more. Let her terrorize the women's division, put her against someone she can haunt and make their life hell. I can see Dominic turning. He needs it. A new look, bulk up and break the link with his dad to give him a push by himself because, uh, not because of Ray. Thanks and have a great day, Phil. Phil, thank you. I mean, I don't even need to say about Dominic. You you hit every point that is problematic with Dominic. And his haircut, just being beat up for his haircut is hilarious. <laughs> but yeah, that's weird that Rhea's the muscle. Now, I know she's a muscular woman. I'm sorry. No, no, I'm not. Women being believed to being able to beat up men in WWE or really just as a whole is just not believable. I'm sorry, not sorry. I don't buy that Rhea, unless she attacked him from behind with a lead pipe, that she can just take out Dominic. Even Dominic, okay? Men, biologically, are much stronger. Faster fiber twitch muscles, meaning like you could strike faster and harder. Okay, muscle mass is exponentially higher in, in actual men, okay? I don't need to go through the science of it. Biologically, it's just not even feasible. Okay. I mean, there's exceptions, sure. But I just, I don't like seeing Rhea just beating up, you know, the the men. It's just, it's stupid. Rhea should go terrorize the women's division. I agree. She shouldn't be the muscle of the group. It's bizarre. I don't, I I love Rhea, but it's just, I I don't like the the role she's in as the muscle. It, It doesn't, I know she's got muscle, but she's, she's a woman. Okay. And that's why women's and men's sports are split. So, oh, yeah, yeah. I'm going to get myself in trouble on the show, aren't I? All right, Jeff from the Philippines. He says, now that Shayna Baszler is the number one contender for the SmackDown Women's Championship, I think this would lead Ronda, lead to a Ronda versus Shayna rivalry. That uh, The down part is that Liv might retain against Shayna in another controversial fashion, and Liv would pin Shayna while she's tapping to the Carafuda clutch. Then Shayna and Ronda, who battle for who deserves another title shot. I, I'm, I'm very interested to see where they go with Liv. The thing is, the crowd turned on her in Cleveland. or No, that was Raw. I don't know, wherever they were for SmackDown. They turned on her. I understand kind of why, but unless it becomes a trend, I'm not too worried about it. Unless Liv, if Liv loses or wins against Shayna in a weird wonky way, lady luck or whatever, then they're turning her heel. I'd advise against it. They have enough heels in that division, but apparently USA network wants raw to have its own world champion. I think that somehow explains why carrying cross immediately entered the title picture. I don't think that carrying cross would win the championship from Roman, but he'll definitely dominate their match. Carrion would lose due to interference by the Usos. You're making me think of something, uh, Jeff. I don't dislike the fact that, you know, Karrion Cross came back. I love Karrion Cross, um, And he would he could win the WWE Championship from Roman. But what about if they just bring back the World Heavyweight Championship to Raw? Like, say, hear me out, guys. I just thought of this. Jeff made me my wheels turn. Roman retains at Clash of Clash of the Castle. People lose their minds, but he gets beat down brutally after the match, and maybe that makes the fans happy enough to go home. 
Okay, he's still unified champion, doesn't even lose one belt. What about the World Heavyweight Championship coming out of retirement to be the championship on Raw? Just a thought. It, it wouldn't be a third championship. I mean, be a third belt, but really the second championship. Just a thought. I don't know. I really enjoyed last week's Raw. It was heavy on wrestling, and most of the matches have stakes. This week felt like they went a few steps back, but it was still a good show. Raw now hit 2 million in the ratings in two consecutive weeks. That's all for today. Thank you. Well, thanks, Jeff. Yeah, uh, WWE is going to go back to wrestling. Imagine that. Okay. Let's see here. Uh, I have Dennis. Dennis O'Brien. He says, just watch Raw. The best storyline, in my opinion or in development, in my opinion, is Edge, the Mysterios, and Judgment Day. In the segment with the Mysterios and Edge, where Dominic pushed Edge, did you notice Edge's smirk for a brief moment? Maybe it's nothing but just an observation. The last segment with Raw, with Dexter Loomis and the crowd being arrested, I think there is NXT Black and Gold, a Black and Gold faction coming in to be led by Johnny Gargano. Possible, yeah. I mean, I don't want them to do a Nexus reboot, a more serious, concise group of instead of like 10 random individuals, like you said, Johnny Gargano could be the leader of that group. Definitely. Uh, I did notice the smirk. Edge doesn't do anything unintentionally. Edge is very purposeful. He's intentional. He knows to pay attention to detail. That smirk could be interpreted any, you know, a number of ways, but I did notice it. Yes. Um, so thank you, Dennis. And I also got your second email about uh, watching wrestling content for free and how to do that. Thank you for that, Dennis. I will uh, I will check that out. <clears throat> okay. I only have a couple more emails here. This is, uh, this is from uh, Kundan. I hope I said that right. I- I'll just say, if I didn't, I apologize, brother. Uh, uh, Kundan. Okay, here we go. I hope this email finds you well. This is my first time writing, and I would love... Uh, I, I would I would love to email you more in the upcoming weeks and so on. I'm so surprised like everyone else by the last Raw and SmackDown. What I think of Omas and the Viking Raiders with the local talents, I mean, no-name guys is to push both of them. For Omas, I would love to see feuding with Veer. Brock won't return again soon, but I think Brock against Omas would be huge. I know Bobby Lashley has unfinished business with Brock, which would be exciting to see because they have not feuded for a long time. Likewise, for the Raiders, they should push them so much that they are the ones who take the titles off the Usos. It would be a huge program. Yeah, it would be. I mean, the problem is that you can't have heels and heels in a championship match. No one's going to care. You know, that's the thing. It just becomes the fans don't want to choose because they don't like either team. But as far as Brock against Omos, yeah, bring it on. I wouldn't do that for a long-term program. Be a fun, like, one-off attraction match. Yeah, definitely. Loving the chances of heel turn from Dom and the Street Profits. I have so many doubts if Tez or Dawkins turn on their partner if you have seen Dawkins' Instagram posts from some days back, there are so many questions to raise, but we'll find out very soon when it happens. I also think Drew will take the WWE Championship from Roman and carrying Cross, feuding for the Universal Championship. Drew will show up Monday night 
often, and when the draft happens, he will be an official member of Raw as the championship where the, where the feud between Roman and Cross continues because Roman needs a new challenger. A lot of words there, um, but I get your gif. You know, I, I think Drew has a very solid chance of winning a championship. You know, definitely. Okay, one last thing. For the 24-7 title, I think Dana will keep it in her shoulder, on her shoulder, and slowly the title disappears. I mean, who cares anyway? Whatever happens. <laughs> Yes, that's all right. I think they will start utilizing the members of the 24-7 community by moving some of them to NXT and the main rosters as interesting matches. It would be inter- amazing to see R-Truth as U.S. champion. This guy is amazing, an excellent person to hold the title, even though it will be a small run. Have a good week and hope to email you next week if I don't miss out. Thank you. Well, yes, thank you. And I, I would agree that R-Truth never got a fair shake at a championship run. He's been used as a comedy sidekick. And he's done an excellent job. He's killed it. There's been some moments. Like, he's one of the few guys that has natural comedic ability, organic comedic ability. It's very difficult to teach, almost unteachable. And the guy is just, and he's a great human being from everything I've seen. Man, yeah, they've missed the boat on an R-Truth championship run. It's still possible, but the days are getting very short. Absolutely. All right. Let's get to Rocky T. He says... He's from uh, Rocky T, uh, Silver Fox here from Houston, checking in. I'm going to keep it short this week, not to overwhelm you like the last week. A couple of talking points and one question for you and the entire podcast. One, is there any doubt that Dakota Kai or EO Sky are going to win the tag team tournament? I see no other team that can beat them in the tournament. Yeah, there's really not. I mean, especially given the fact that they're with Bailey. They just returned. You want to make a massive impact. Yes. I think that you're going to see them win. I don't see any other team either. That makes sense anyway. Okay. Number two. How great was it to see Dominic get beat up and then actual blood? More fingerprints that the TV 14 era has begun. I can't wait for more. Maybe someone will make Mimi's best bleeders club from WWE. (laughs) Maybe. I like that. Three. Champa. Has a, had a good showing in the U.S. title match, even in the loss. I think he was elevated a little bit. Yeah, I totally. I mean, he wasn't elevated a little bit. He was. He he arrived. Like Champa, for those that didn't have never seen him before, arrived on Monday night. One uh, one of the questions this week is: besides finishing moves, what would be one of your favorite signature maneuvers, submissions, and in ring moves, such as strikes or kicks? Same question goes out to everyone listening. I encourage you all to answer on the next week's mailbag. I enjoy a solid and effective chop block and a nice, smooth, impactful brain buster. And even though I don't think there's anybody that on the main roster using it right now, I've always liked seeing the Texas Cloverleaf. And uh, or, or he says, all right, that's it. Look forward to hearing everybody's answers next week. Try to fit in your three-minute voicemails or somewhere in your emails. Yeah. So thanks, Rocky. And good question. Besides finishing maneuvers, Okay, I'm going to take that out. Um, pile driver. Not the tombstone. Like, I miss, I know that they're, you know, for obvious reasons, they've taken the, that away, but I miss a good old pile driver. I mean, Shawn Michaels used to deliver it just to perfection. I remember him and the Undertaker feuding in 97 and a couple of pile drivers he gave him. It was just the pile driver I really miss, but I understand the reasons for it's no longer existing. Um, some other maneuvers I really like just the, the just the power bomb 
the power the belly to belly suplex. I'm not I'm not saying the overhead one that Brock does or Roman does, but the one that Ken Shamrock used to do, the belly to belly suplex, and then he'd snap. That that I remember very impactful to me. That's good. A, a good spine buster is good. Um, I mean, really, just that that kind of stuff. Just yeah, that's a good question. So, what is everyone else's favorite moves that aren't signature or finishing maneuvers? Want to hear your thoughts, everybody? Great question, Rocky. All right, let's let's see. I don't know if I have any other email. I, I think I have one other email. Let me see if I do. I think it's in my. I have a couple of email boxes. Um, this one is from Joe. Yeah, it is Joe Owen. He writes in and he says. It's been a long time. I think this is our last email, guys. So we'll get to voicemails right after this. It's been a long time since I've wrote in. But as I'm from the UK and have just booked my tickets for Clash at the Castle. Well, that's not fair, Joe. You got to rub it in our face. I thought I should. Firstly, with you being a Stone Cold fan, thought I would tell you that I have just made myself an Austin 316 jumper for the event. And by jumper, I think you mean sweater, right? I believe when I think of jumper, I'm thinking of like a jumpsuit. So when you say jumper in the UK, that's really like a sweater to us in the United States. But yeah, gotcha. Um, and I, I see you attach the picture. Nice, dude. I love it. But it's a white jumper with black writing. So any UK listeners attending, look out for me. I'll attach a pic. It, I do see it. You're, you're Austin 316 and those again, those in the United States. The sweater uh, looks awesome. Love it. One thing you said that I'm unsure of is the UK crowd will be behind Drew. I'm a Bloodline fan and most certainly will be acknowledging him. And in the UK, there's a huge rivalry between each of the countries, especially England and Scotland, as they have been very hostile towards each other. So just because he's British, I can't see the crowd defiantly supporting him uh, other than the Scottish ones in attendance. I suppose it would be like if the WWE was a British-based company and mainly British competitors came to America would be the, the American fans that would be supportive of a Canadian winner just because of your neighbors. My favorite in the company is Sasha, so I'm really hoping for her to return after the tag match for a stare down, but I'm unsure how likely that is it, with it being so far across the pond. Would it be worth taking her for uh, WWE or saving it for a USA show if she does a little uh, a, a pop big uh, I'm not sure if I read that right. Um, hope my email makes sense and reaches you in time. I will send one after the pay-per-view also to give my in-person person thoughts that I hope you and your family are well. And just for fun, if AEW and WWE did a combined pay-per-view, what is a match you would love to see? For you, it's the Usos and Young Bucks, Reigns and Moxley, Theory and Sammy Guevara. I would love Reigns and Punk, Miz and MJF. Or even MJF, like literally MJF in anyone. I am counting the minutes until MJF comes to WWE. Like, I cannot wait. But those are nice. Um, now, as far as your, you make a good observation about the rivalry going on between countries and UK. Something I didn't even consider. Um, and the thing is, you have to... Maybe since we don't know the actual makeup of the crowd that's going to be in attendance there, I'm assuming it's going to be a mix of, you know, maybe some people from Scotland, maybe some people from the UK. We just don't know. I mean, I guess I just assume because it was as close to Scotland as they're going to get 
that, you know, uh, given that Drew never got his moment, people are just genuinely tired of Roman Reigns, that they're not going to cheer for Roman just because, oh, well, Drew's from Scotland and, oh, we don't like Scotland. We're going to make a statement here. I hope the fans don't do that. I hope that they actually, you know, are booing Roman, Roman because they're just tired of the run, you know, uh, instead of getting personal about it because of whatever other stuff between the countries are going on outside of wrestling. So, I mean, you know, that's what I want. But of course, reality is, if you're right, then Drew could get booed. Regardless, though, the crowd's going to be loud. I mean, no matter who's there or what, from what um, country the people are coming from, there's going to be a mix, I guess, but it's going to be loud either way. It's going to be fun as hell. So that point I was making, I hope still stands, is that the fans are going to be rowdy, <laughs> very rowdy. So have fun at the event, man. I'm I'm so jealous. Great sweater, by the way, or sorry, jumper. Good stuff. That's a very nicely done, clean looking. It's the opposite. I like that because you did white background and black text instead of black background, white text. Good stuff. I love it, Joe. All right. Have fun as we all sit here jealous of you going to that event, which I think is going to be a massive event, by the way. It's it's going to be huge, I think. All right. Does that finally do it? I think it does. Uh, Yeah. I mean, I I have another email from uh, Kundan, but he he emailed me on my other one. So this, I think, is a duplicate, uh, a duplicate email. So that does it for our emails, guys. And we get to the voicemails. I hope you guys are ready. So let's get to those voicemails right now. Hey, it's Kyle from Baltimore. So something real fast I just thought about, because now honestly, was that with, you know, with Bailey coming back, she was technically on SmackDown, but she first got injured, and now she's on Raw, which I don't get. Same thing with Becky as well. When she got pregnant, she was on Raw, and then she came back. She was on, she came back to SmackDown. So, you know, hopefully when Becky comes back, she stays on Raw because that makes the most sense to not go back to SmackDown when she is there on Raw anyway because she got attacked from Bailey. They're going to have a few defeats when she, when she comes back, so she's just there on Raw. But why do you think that is? Why? What, what, what's up with that? And I don't know why that's the same. But anyway, beyond that, like I said last week about EO Sky and, and Dakota Kai, I am a big fan of EO. looking forward to seeing what what uh that's what Bailey does with the script. Like I said before, I'm not a fan of Bailey, but I appreciate her her work and her matches that she had with Sasha and, and Bianca as well from last year. So not a Bailey fan, but she's a good she's good in the ring and her character is great. And looking forward to seeing what she does with El and Dakota. Um, what they do on Monday Night Raw. So I'm glad that he went back with WWE. But that's it. Thanks for my call. Bye. Hey Kyle. So why does Bailey come to Raw? Why is she on Raw? Because they assume no one remembers. No one cares. No one even thought about it. And honestly, is anyone, I, I thought about the same thing, and I'm like, yeah, well, whatever. <laughs> I mean, are we really going to complain about this when on a weekly basis people are coming over from Raw and Raw to SmackDown's back and on Raw on a weekly basis at this point? And just like, you know, the, the, the draft is so muddied. There is no draft anymore. So, I mean, honestly, at this point, I just threw my hands up and go, whatever. <laughs> like, literally whatever uh, now EO sky or uh, as um as bailey called her dakota sky on raw which was hilarious and then she crapped on the fans for it good stuff we 
got uh, we we got these two wrestlers that I think are going to be very good in WWE, and I think that they're if you know if they can learn to speak English at a high level instead of just using their in-ring maneuvers which can be effective and you can, you know, you can say promos limitedly, but if you're going to really communicate with your audience, why would you not want to learn the native tongue, right? To me, they're missing out if they don't, but if not saying they can't be champions, I think they'll actually win the tournament, you know, but I've, I've been critical of Oscar with this Shinsuke Nakamura with this, like, you know, I'm not saying you need to try to change your accent and who you are, but know how to communicate with your audience. I mean, like, why would you not want to do that? It can only help. So, just a piece of advice, of course, from a lonely fan here. But uh, thanks. Thanks so much, buddy. We will talk to you next week. Let's get to our next one. Hello, guys. Alex, the French guy here. Your current European champion. First of all, Matt, about last week, you did say au revoir, au revoir, in a good way. So real nice. If you're wondering, you're saying it just perfectly, so don't worry about that. About the other things I wanted to tell you guys, uh, first, I wanted to a little bit uh, let you know who the French guy Alex is, are or is, of course. Uh, I was about to tell you a little bit more about my story uh, about wrestling and the general perception of wrestling in France. Uh, yeah, so it's no question about the current show, courtesy of WWE. As of every week, uh, quality questions are, quality comments are. Uh, so I trust, I trust people to, to rent, uh, to rent or to make, uh, good, 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 uh, comments about that. Me and my relationship to wrestling, it started real, uh, soon, I guess. So, uh, in France, we used to have this show about wrestling, uh, starring the, the 2000, uh, different channels used to have that. Uh, with that also, my English improved because of wrestling. When I was little, I was really like into the radar superstar edge. I wanted to know more about the shows. And this is why I started to learn a little bit more English in the show in uh, original voices, so in English. And the general perception nowadays about wrestling is uh, to be like a show. Uh, most of guys that I, that I know don't like wrestle uh, and don't like seeing wrestling because, uh, quote-unquote, it's fake. I, and by the way, I hate that expression, but uh, I'm starting to be a little bit long about that, uh, that, that story. So just to say, wrestling is awesome. Uh, like the emotion that you can transfer just with being in the ring, it's just incredible. Like you can say all you want is fake, but I see it as a movie, as a series, spectacular performance of athletes emotional, and also, like, uh, very, very, like, I don't know, like, something that you can talk about with friends, and, yeah, just, just to say that wrestling is a modern-day soap, uh, theater, so, yeah. Hey, buddy, well, I have heard this, if anybody's a wrestling fan, they've heard the oldest line 
ever against pro wrestling. We've heard it time and again. It is the oldest and really just just lazy argument against it and useless argument against pro wrestling and also hypocritical argument against pro wrestling. Why? Because every TV show and movie you see, is it not also fake? And I would argue that, I mean, wrestling to me is not fake. Okay. We all know it's predetermined. It's yes, it's scripted, but do you think the injuries are fake? Are the injuries fake? Do people accidentally break their necks? Is that fake? People break their noses and arms and legs and teeth get knocked out. Is that all fake? You know, I would argue, I mean, this is an athletic sport that is focused on entertainment through wrestling and drama. That's it. That's all it is. It's a soap opera. But you know what? Tell me a TV show on TV or watch a movie that's not doesn't have the same end goal of entertaining you. That's the whole purpose of any TV show's existence, you know? So anytime anybody says, ah, fake, it's just, number one, that just it tells me their ignorance on what pro wrestling is. Pro wrestling, I would argue, is a more in-depth, or rather, it's a tougher genre in entertainment to be successful at than a, a movie, because you can do take, retake, up, cut, let's try that scene again. You know, you, you can do all that. With wrestling, it's live, man. You can't do anything about it. It's a one-take deal. Unless you have, a, you know, there's some tape shows, but they don't happen that often. And you're still in front of a live crowd. You screw up, they know about it. And so pro wrestling is difficult. It's a difficult version of drama. So, yeah, I'm with you. I mean, pro wrestling, I'm, I'm glad that, uh, you know, you, you, you love wrestling as much as we do. Obviously, if you, if you listen to wrestling podcasts, you're more passionate than the average fan. I mean, that's just that's just a fact, I think. But uh, so, yeah, thank you so much, man. I, I'm glad that you uh, are listening to the show and you, you know, stay passionate. Don't let anybody look anybody that craps on pro wrestling. Just crap on whatever they like. Right. Just be like, you know, what are you watching? You know, Stranger Things, Game of Thrones. Is that all real? Tell me, is that real? You know, and, and could you travel on the road 300 days a year being away from your family and friends? To you know, oh, and by the way, keeping yourself in insanely good shape, getting airports, checking cars, going to the gym, like every day. I mean, like it is—it's a lifestyle change. Like, and also risking your life and putting the life of your the person you're working with in your hands every single night. Is that the same as uh, you know a pre-produced TV show that is produced in a safe little uh, studio audience in front of you know in, in Hollywood or wherever? You know, it's just, it's such a lazy argument that's not thought through at all. So, anyway, I'm going to get on a rant. Let's get to our next voicemail. So, first I was talking about Roman and Drew. So, I saw that Karen Cross was brought in to take one of the belts off Roman. So, I'm thinking that Clash of the Castle, unless they make this a three-way before, I feel like Roman and Drew, it, it would be some, some screw finish or DQ. Hopefully not DQ, but, you know, Roman probably going to uh, win, but Hooker Crook, probably by Karrion Cross, and then we'll get a three-way at, I think you said the next uh, pay-per-view is a Crown Jewel, so we'll get a three-way at Crown Jewel, and then I guess that's how they'll do it. But 
where's Theory? Because we haven't seen Theory since SummerSlam, so he's still out there. So it's going to be interesting. Like, I don't want to see Karen Cross as world champion right now. Like, yeah, he has the look and everything, but I think the person to the throne Roman should be Seth. I don't know. You know, I mean, I don't know. It's, it's, I mean, it's cool that he's back, and I want to see him and Roman and him and Drew go one-on-one, but I, I'm just not – I don't want to see Karen Cross as champion right now. Next, the Women's Tag Title Tournament. Um, so that's definitely uh, EO Sky and uh, Dakota Kai to win. I thought that when they had the bracket, they would maybe have, like, a team to be announced, and then that would be Sasha and Naomi, but it's not. So, yeah, they'll, uh, they'll definitely win. I want to see uh, – I wanted to see them face Alexa and Asuka in the finals, and we're, we're going to get that, it looks like, in the semifinals. And I feel like that's kind of a downer because they have a few going on, so it would make sense that they would be in the finals facing each other for the titles. And they have a six-man tag, uh, I'm sorry, six-woman tag at Clash at Castle, so that didn't make any sense. So clearly, Dakota Sky, I mean, so Dakota Kai and EO Sky are going to win. Um, the Mysterios and Edge, definitely Dominic turning heel. Um, I think we're going to get Edge and Balor one-on-one at Clash of the Castle because he's going to face Damian Priest on the 22nd um, of Raw in his hometown. So Edge is definitely going to win or it'll be a DQ. But I think Dominic will probably turn at uh, at the event and uh, help the Judgment Day win. That's definitely interesting because he's already starting to show a little character when he was fighting back against Edge. Saying that he didn't trust it, uh, that Ray didn't trust him and stuff. Finally, who do you think is going to be the last? Hey, Justin. So yeah, the, I think Dominic was is destined to turn heel. I, I think that that has to be what comes out of this. If it's Edge who's still behind this, and he was the one behind beating up Dominic. And then that's proven to be true with some hidden footage backstage. Then I'd accept that too. But my first choice would be Dominic turning heel and it should happen at clash. And it does happen at clash. I don't have, if it doesn't, if this is nothing, if this is centered around nothing for Dominic, like this is just like another continuation of their boring feud with the judgment day. I'm going to be very disappointed. This has to be something. And, and it has to be, this is the only, this is the only exit is Dominic turning heel or edge turning heel again. So, do I want Seth to be the one to take it off Roman? Yes. I'd accept Drew, but I think Seth is a more logical and and I guess needs it more than Drew. Boy, does Seth need a big win. Drew has had plenty of them over his, what, 18-month run as champion, it felt like. And he carried us during the pandemic era and did an awesome job. But I think Seth, given the history of those two, would be much more fun. The problem is, the biggest problem is, that you have Seth as a heel and Roman as a heel going from heel to heel, unless your point is to, or your, your objective is to turn Seth babyface, then sure. Uh, oh, and the next pay-per-view in October is extreme rules. I, I thought it was crown jewel. Cause I thought October was traditionally crown jewel. I'm not complaining. I don't want to put it out there that they should go to Saudi Arabia. I don't want them at all there. It's a, it's just for a lot of reasons. So extreme rules in Philadelphia, is the next one on October 8th, and then Survivor Series in Boston on November 26th. No pay-per-view in December, which I'm totally on board for. It doesn't make sense. Holidays, it's just a slow time of the year for wrestling anyway, and that's how it goes. 
Uh, that's what I think, or, I, or that's what I'm seeing is their current schedule for their uh, next few events. Clash, Extreme Rules, and then Survivor Series is on the schedule. So, uh, yeah, no Crown Jewel. Thank God. Um, I think we're all enough of that. Oh, and I don't know if anyone has heard, but Philadelphia is where WrestleMania 40 is taking place. Think about that. WrestleMania 40 next year. Well, next, uh, like 24, but next, uh, the next WrestleMania after this one is WrestleMania 40 in Philadelphia. And um, dang, I mean, can you believe it's already been nearly, nearly 20 years since WrestleMania 20 in Madison Square Garden? Jeez. Anyway, that's a long ways away, but when you're thinking about it, you're like, oh, they're getting close to 40. Where are they doing WrestleMania 40? Apparently, it's Philadelphia. So, all right. Thank you, Justin. And I, I'm glad that you called in and a great way to close out the show as always. So we are going to wrap it up here on the WWE podcast. If you want to join us ad free patreon.com slash WWE podcast for $1, you get in the door. There's other perks for higher tiers, but it gets you right where you want to be with no ads. That's where we all want to be. Right? So check it out. Patreon.com slash WWE podcast. Also check me out on the DuPont network at dupontnow.com. 100% it's free to sign up and you can catch me every Saturday at 8 PM there for a WWE slam show that you don't see anywhere else as well as just free live TV. So check them out at duponnow.com and also check out our brothers and sisters podcasts here. What I mean by that is our, uh, our co-host that does SmackDown, Michael Ritter has a football function podcast. Check that out. Ashley Mann has the kick ash podcast check that out as well and grace has the uh, revolutionary wrestling podcast so check that out guys i think that you're going to enjoy all of them as we uh, are going full bore into the end of the year here and before you know it it's rumble season so thanks everybody for listening take care and i'll talk to you next time all right so the truth is no dude wants to be called pam but the truth is most men have a pam problem the pam problem guys you know what that is it's the passive aggressive man passive with his hopes dreams desires maybe aggressive with vices self-sabotage distractions they also struggle with women work and the world of men pam is passive with women constantly friend zoned he's the nice guy that women keep around to help them move check on their dogs but never want to date pam is passed up at work passed up for the promotion and can't seem to catch a break if you think you may have a Pam problem or maybe you know someone that does, check out the High Value Man Conversation on Apple and Spotify and learn how to stop Pam and become a high value man. Learn more about the host, Aaron Alejandrino, on Instagram at TheFitBeard, all one word. But the podcast is called High Value Man Conversation. I checked it out on Apple Podcasts. It already has a five-star review. It's got some great episodes, including how to avoid that dreaded friend zone. Those of you guys out there, I'm very familiar with that friend zone over the years. I was lucky enough to finally get out of it, but that is going to be an excellent episode for the, you guys out there that are stuck in that situation. You can also learn how to just make friends. I mean, just basic stuff, but critical, critical stuff as well. Check out the High Value Man Conversation. It's available on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. You're not going to want to miss it. It'll add value to your life, guaranteed. Check it out today. 
Thanks for listening to the WWE Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a show. Or head to wwepodcast.com. And for all of these shows ad-free, head over to patreon.com slash WWE Podcast. Until then, we'll see you next time.